Hello and welcome to UW Oshkosh Police Department's UWOPD On The Mic podcast. This is a podcast developed by the UW Oshkosh Police Department that focuses on having authentic conversations around safety, policing, resources, and questions that we hear from our community members. The idea is to provide our community members with answers to questions that will ultimately increase their desire to partner with us and really other law enforcement agencies that will help them solve problems, reduce the fear in our community, and build stronger relationships with each other. And today I'm in the room with a couple guests, and I'm super excited to introduce these guests. So I'll hand it off to you, Amitai. All right. My name is Amitai Wheat. I am a criminal justice student here at UW Oshkosh. I am a soon-to-be graduating senior here. Super excited for that in May. I am a past internee with UWOPD, and I'm proud to be here today. Congrats. Graduation. That's awesome. Yeah, very excited. Very, very excited. Cool. And we got Lieutenant White's in here, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Greg White's Lieutenant from the UW Oshkosh Police Department. And I'm Chris Tarman. I'm the Acting Chief of Police here, and here you are on UWOPD on the mic. And so I'm pretty excited about this episode because Lieutenant White's and I were talking about how do we engage better with our community members, and well... He happens to teach a class on campus, which we've effectively renamed him Lieutenant Professor Whites. So this is now official in a podcast, so maybe it'll stick. Uh, but he I hope put not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Uh, might. So he, he put out some feelers to get some questions. And so I'm excited because we, we've talked about a segment in the podcast called Getting Pulled Over, right? I mean, everybody has probably gotten pulled over at some point. So this is a unique opportunity to connect. And so one of those questions happens to be about getting pulled over. So let's go through number one. Yeah. So Jada T wanted to know how much over the speed limit does it actually take for an officer to pull someone over? That's a good question. <laughs> well, now before either of us, I'm interested in what Amita thinks about this one. Man, I don't know. I feel like I'm a believer of the nine. You're fine, but I'm not going to lie. I feel like I've gotten pulled over a couple of times, but I might've been going like maybe seven over or something like that. But I do feel like it's situational. Like, you know, of course, you don't want to be strict, you know, but you don't want to be too lenient. Where on especially, you know, like maybe I'm going nine over, okay, as long as I'm not, you know, obstructing the traffic, yeah. But sometimes, you know, that nine can kind of be a detriment to your life. So I definitely get why it's definitely, you know, uh, guidelines on why, you know, you shouldn't speed. But I don't know. This is an interesting one for me because yeah. I, I think about it a lot, you know. I mean, speeding is such a questionable thing, right? Because what's the speed limit? Well, if it's 25... Really, one over is speeding. speeding yeah. I mean, that's against the law. I think it, now when I say that, everybody's face gets a little funny looking in here because they're like, oh, I don't ever pull anybody over at one over. But yeah. I'm not going to call any cities or towns or villages out in Wisconsin that would do something like that. But I'm sure there's some listeners thinking about a few. Yeah. So what's the lowest you've pulled somebody over? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to Lieutenant that. White's first because I'm interested to hear what he thinks. Uh, you know, I was interested that you said it uh, is probably situational because it definitely is. And, and on a UW Oshkosh campus, say for example, you are going nine miles and over, but it is class passing time. That seems a little bit more dangerous, yeah. right? If it is, um, you know, in the evening time and uh, nobody's walking around, if it is June, July, August, uh, and somebody is the only car on the road going nine miles an hour over, I probably wouldn't. But if I'm just answering the question, if somebody says no commentary, just tell me, um, my answer is probably 12. Yeah, and I was going to say 13 for me. You know, and, and, and there's a little bit of an interesting dynamic here because Lieutenant Whites and myself, we both started in kind of a county setting. And, and I, this is just my own thought process on this. But when you start in a county setting, I feel like your number is a little higher than what a normal city or a campus law enforcement agency would be because – 
it, it is situational. You know, we're in roads that are probably less traveled. I mean, when I started, we, we wouldn't even look at a car until 13 over, you know, and I'm not yeah. saying that's true across the state of Wisconsin or across states. Cause honestly you drive into a different state and it could be a very different thought process. So yeah, my, mine was actually a little bit different. I, you know, cause I specifically remember uh, getting out of recruit Academy and telling myself, you know, the second level of beating ticket starts at 11 over. So I'm, I'm going 11 over. And then I very quickly realized that traffic stops for speeding was all I was ever going to do if I started at 11 over. So yeah, it gets a little bit quicker and I guess I, a little bit more, I don't know if lenient is the right word, but yeah, once you get a little bit of experience, you realize that uh, you, that you could spend your whole shift doing traffic if you don't, you know, make that number a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, now I'm curious, what do you think about those numbers? I'm, I'm definitely surprised because I feel like, you know, naturally when you see the police, you know, you're driving, even if you're not speeding, you kind of hit your brakes, but I always like pay it safe where it's like, okay, I don't want to go nine over. And I definitely thought nine was kind of like, okay, I feel like I'm still pushing it with nine. Like I'm still going to get pulled over. But just knowing that you guys go like 12, 13, it's like, you know, I'm not going to speed just you know, hearing that, but you know, like it kind of like, you know, it relaxed me a little bit. Like, okay, I'm not going that fast, but yeah. All right, so you, you have a very small sample size here. you got two guys who have sat behind a desk for longer than most of the people on patrol right now. We're also of a different generation than some of the police officers who are out there. So you're, you're hearing it from a different group of folks. But, you know, I think it's interesting. It really is very – it, it depends a lot. It depends on the city. Yeah. It depends on the time of the day. It depends on how much traffic's going on around there. To me, I mean, and really just thinking about what we do here at the police department, we use data – if we had a speeding issue, we might actually lower that down. Or if we were doing something like a, a traffic safety initiative, that would probably cause us to do a little more traffic and speeding too. So as much as a flat 13 over or a flat 11 or 15 or whatever it might be or a 9, it's so dependent on things going on around you that, I mean, that's where that like, I don't know, if I'm, yeah. if I'm 9, I'm safe. It, it kind of depends. Yeah, yeah I think it it, it's reasonable to a probably believe or assume that maybe on an early Saturday morning or an early Sunday morning and not early like 7 a.m., which is early to me, but I'm talking about like 2 a.m., something like that. Tolerances might be a little bit lower because you may have a, an existing issue, um, maybe a drunk driving issue that you, you don't want to help put a stop to or at least let people know that you're around. So yeah. those tolerances change a little bit at that point. And I was going to ask too, like, like, do you guys have like a period where it's like a lot of speeding going on in Oshkosh? And I, you know, I was kind of going to allude to the drunk driving because you know, at night, like, of course, you know, we have people that's driving that's not supposed to drive. You know, alcohol, is, you know, is a crazy thing. You know, yeah. people end up speeding and doing all type of crazy stuff. So, like, do you guys have, like, a time period, like, you know, daily or, like, even, like, a month where it's, like, you know, speeding is up or it increases? So, High Avenue gets a lot of traffic from elsewhere in the city, gets you downtown. So, people that work downtown, so you talk about a time of the day, uh, you know, earlier in the morning when people are running late for work. Uh, yeah. The speeds get a little bit quicker. I mean, that's the one that uh, that jumps out at me. You know, the, with the two streets that go through campus, High Avenue and Goma are both one-way streets. Um, you don't necessarily have to rely on a speeder to... Uh, have a reason to pull somebody over because those get a little bit confusing for people. We were told almost every time we stopped somebody for going the wrong way that GPS took them that way. So obviously one-way streets are a little confusing for GPS too. But uh, yeah, as far as just speeders, it's that early nice um, weekend days when people are in a hurry to go do their fun things. It picks up a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, those are the two times uh, specific to days that uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, just a few other thoughts about that, too. I mean, first first thing is is that UWO, I, I'd have to look this up, but UWO used to be 15 miles an hour speed limit. 
Uh, I'd have to find the exact oh, date slow. that that changed. Yeah, but I mean, you know, then we, we've actually done surveys. We've had classes who are criminal justice classes go out and do survey, like how many people cross the street legally. Back in the day when we did the survey, it was 96% cross oh. the street illegally. So as you think about somebody driving a car through campus and somebody's crossing, I'm, I'm using my quotes, illegally. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's either they're looking at their phone, they're crossing in a spot where they couldn't, not, shouldn't necessarily cross, they're not using the button at a crosswalk. The hard part about UWO2 is we have two one-way lanes, right? So if I am driving through and I stop at a crosswalk, but the car in the other lane doesn't stop, there's a little bit of an issue yeah. there too. And if you're going too fast... All of those things kind of play into what, what the situation might be. So, you know, it's not – this is a great question because it's really not just about what number it is. It's about what's, what's all going, going on? on around yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. great question. Who was that? Uh, Jada. Jada T. Jada. Nice work, Jada. All right, so we got a second subset of questions, right? Yeah, so the second kind of changing topics a little bit. We had three uh, community members that sort of asked questions that were all – I we'd say related or a little bit uh, they could they can in one discussion we can answer quite a few of them so let me give you those. Kobe W wants to know regarding dirty cops, meaning any that might take illegal loopholes, show blatant racial bias, etc. Uh, do complaint forms from peers or coworkers or the general public ever go anywhere? So in addition to that, Caitlin and I wanted to know how can the police department improve their relationship with individuals who are afraid of them? And Amber G wanted to know. How do police officers deal with backlash from the public? Yeah, those are great questions. And yeah. I think those are probably questions that a lot of community members have, right? I mean, I think almost every time we walk into a space wearing a uniform, we have to figure out how, do, how does the person view us? You know what I mean? What was yeah. their past experience? What did they see in the media? Did they actually have an interaction with the police that didn't go well? Uh, what is their own personal thoughts about law enforcement? You know what I mean? And how does that fit into how we have to connect with them? And so all three of those situations really kind of are intriguing questions. So a couple things at UW Oshkosh, we, I mean, Lieutenant Whites and I are actually the ones who would receive a complaint if somebody complained about our police department. In 2016 or 2017, we actually put a link on our website that says, how are we doing? You just hover over the about us and then there's a drop down in there and you can click on how are we doing? And we receive anonymous complaints and anonymous praise from folks in our community. And just a, a quick data subset of this is that over the last, I guess that's about six or seven years now, I think about 85% of the submissions that we've gotten were positive. Somebody from our community actually submitted, took the time to submit a positive, hey, thanks for this, or hey, this was great. About 15%, and this is really just loose numbers off my top of my head, but were a frustration or a complaint about a process, how somebody felt you know, the circumstance was handled, or their frustration with the amount of enforcement that was taken, not necessarily the way that it was handled and so I think that's just loose data on UW Oshkosh Police Department. We take that stuff very seriously. If, if somebody were to submit that, it comes to our inbox, and we immediately assign somebody to look into it. And then, you know, what, what do we have available? So it depends on, you know, did somebody give us a name? Did they give us the name of the officer? Did they give us a time the situation happened? Did they tell us, you know, like it happened at this location? we got to figure out how do we find out what actually they're complaining about. And then what do we have available to us? Do we have a body cam? Do we have video footage, you have a report, do we have some sort of mechanism that would help us start digging into what, what took place? So we, we take these things very seriously. I think, you know, when I first 
got into a leadership role mm, 10 or 12 years ago, I heard a similar story that kind of traveled around our campus and it was about, it was actually about a, a couple in the community who were marginalized or underrepresented and they felt targeted by the law enforcement agency and it kind of trickled around externally. It was never really a complaint, but it kind of just happened. And I was always kind of disappointed about that one because I, I don't think anybody ever reported it to the police, but this goes to whatever the second question was, which was, I, I kind of fear reporting to the police because, well, I want to complain about the police, but I mean, they are the police. So yeah. how do I, you know, I mean, I don't have any thoughts yeah. about that. And see, like that's, that's why I was going to kind of start off where it's like, like those two kind of um, tie in with each other because it's like, you know, like the first question I kind of asked, for, you know, for you guys is like, how do you guys kind of make people more comfortable with doing like complaints and stuff like that? Because, you know, me personally, not that I'm afraid of the police because, you know, now, you know, with my situation, I, you know, I know you guys. So it's like with complaints, you know, from a literal uh, perspective, I probably won't do a complaint because I'll probably come to y'all like, right you now. know, yeah, because, yeah. you know, I know you guys. But even like, you know, say I didn't know you guys, like, I feel like if I had to go do a complaint, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing a complaint because one, I feel like it wouldn't get handled in like the time I kind of needed to get handled because sometimes people, you know, make complaints or they do stuff and it's like they kind of don't want the attention on them, but they want it to kind of be, you know, uh, remedied soon. So it's like, you know, I wouldn't do a complaint because like, of that, you know, I, w- I would kind of just think it just wouldn't get solved, you know, right away. But now I also feel like that plays into the fear of it because it's just like, it's not so much a fear, but it's more so a lack of like faith that you guys are going to, you know, answer the complaint in a, you know, yeah. appropriate amount of time. You know, this is, this is a great discussion. I mean, I think, you know, this is a very complicated thing for law enforcement leadership because first of all, I take a ton of passion in what we do. Like I, I really want to be successful. I think the foundational way that we solve problems as a law enforcement agency is to have relationships with our community. So you just described that a little bit. So Amitai was an intern for us. He's a student here at UW Oshkosh. We actually asked him if he would come sit on this podcast because, you know, I know you would be honest with us. That is a relationship that ultimately built trust. So now you definitely can come and talk to us. But more than that, if somebody had a concern, they might come to you because they know you have a relationship with us, and then yeah. you'd be like, oh, go talk to Whites or go talk to Tarman or whatever, because you you have that trust built. You know what I mean? And yeah. so now amplify that by 100 times or 1,000 times. That's our job is to create relationships so people understand, hey, like people are going to make mistakes. I mean, law enforcement officers get this, like they're police, they're going to be perfect thing, right? But then they screw up, and somebody wants them to get in trouble for that screw up. Well, yeah. if you screw up in a job, what are you hoping for? To be forgiven, you know, to give well, a second chance. You you're know? hoping that somebody will reach out to you and figure out how to teach you to do it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if we got a complaint, we would we have a process for that, right? We have a, a procedure that goes into place. Our, our police department's led by values. We have seven core values, which you can find on our website. And then that's the test of how people kind of manage through what they make decisions on. So let's just say, let's go back to one. Yeah. We pull somebody over. They were speeding. Person's like, I wasn't speeding. And then the cop does whatever and it just makes the person angry right what i don't know maybe they say something bad or they make a say they say a swear word well if i'm driving down now i'm driving away and i'm irritated by the swear word that the, the police officer said but i'm like well what am i going to do i'm going to tell the police and they're just gonna be like big deal <laughs> you know what i mean right. no call us up because here's the other thing you drive away and you're frustrated about that you tell that experience to somebody else that that person tells it to somebody else and then everybody else is talking about that same story i was talking about but we never got the information. How do I even follow up on that? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. If you were frustrated with a situation that happened at a store you went to, who'd you ask to talk to? A manager. 
right, or somebody in charge so that we could solve the issue. And so that's really what our responsibility is, is to figure out what are people frustrated about, listen to their feedback, and then Lieutenant Whites would assign a sergeant or he would take an investigation. And I'm not trying to steal. He should he can share about this too. I just yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about this, so I'll hand it off to Lieutenant Whites to see what he thinks. Uh, you, people form opinions on pretty much any profession based on the negative and positive context they've had with people in those professions or what they've seen on the news or read on the news, um, in the media, things like that. Unfortunately, law enforcement, you know, it, that's what people want to see on the news. They want to see negative, negative performances or negative behaviors by law enforcement. So because we wear the same uniform, the same badge, we are automatically one of those bad people if there's been a negative news story or a negative contact. So we, um, you know, obviously I don't want any, I don't want myself, I don't want Chief Tarman, I don't want any of our people being that negative contact on the news that people form their opinion about. So of course, yeah, absolutely. We take any complaints from coworkers, you know, anybody around university, staff, faculty, uh, or just anybody in general that our officers have contact with, if they want to make a complaint, absolutely, we, uh, we take that seriously. And that's usually, that's often the first thing I let that person know is, yeah, I want to know everything because I, I take this seriously. I'm definitely going to look into it. I ask what they would like to see done. I let them know what our processes are. And then, like you mentioned, you know, I, I want an information. I want this to happen because the, the impression would be this is taking forever. They're not doing anything yeah. about it. It's probably what you what you. Yeah, and it's like, you know, once you wait, you, you kind of think, oh, yeah, they just threw it away. Or they saw it, and, you know, they don't care, you know. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So this, this, and this also kind of helps answer the backlash question too. People want to be heard and people want information. So when it, uh, as it pertains to a complaint, I try to keep them updated more frequently, at least to let them know, yeah, this is what's happening. We're not done yet, but I wanted to keep, get you up to, up to speed and let you know um, where we are in the process. That kind of is the same for any, any contacts you may have. You may, you know, go to a call for service where somebody's very upset or somebody is, um, you know, we hear a lot. I've, you know, nothing ever happens. I've called about this before. They want to be heard. So, you know, let them talk, let them give them the time and then, and then give them the feedback. You know, the loudest person doesn't always win. So if, if you're in a contact with somebody and they're upset and they're raising their voice and it's, it's, you know, not rare for, you know, maybe newer officers to, in order for them to be heard, raise their voice. And it becomes a situation where, um, you know, the loudest person thinks they're going to win and that's not going to solve the problem. So that's always been my um, method for, uh, for backlash is information. People want to know things. Um, people form opinions when they don't know answers. And, you know, my, my goal is always to, Let's give you all the information, and then if you still feel a, a certain way about something, you know, we'll either help you out with it or, you know, there's some things maybe we just have to agree to disagree about. But I want you to have all the information where you are vocal or, or, or present your side. I want you to know what you're presenting. So, I mean, I think that kind of answers that. Yeah, we take uh, complaints seriously no matter who they come from. Give people information. Keep them updated. Keep, let them know what's going on. He, listen to them, hear what they have to say, and don't let anybody from our department be that person that somebody looks at and says, I just don't like the police because of the way that person at UW Oshkosh Police Department acted. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I feel like uh, at least feedback from interns or people that work with us and things like that, um, you know, hey, I, you guys are a little bit different. You're, uh, you know, I feel good about having worked here. I feel good about my conversation with you. It's different than the contacts I've had in the past. And you know, those are kind of the things I like to hear. You know, they're small things, but, you know, I don't want anybody ever to say, I am not a fan of the police because of the way I was treated by UW Oshkosh Police Department. Yeah. I thought you brought a, a good point when you was basically saying, like, you know, where one cop kind of, like, makes the whole department look bad. And I feel like that kind of plays into the fear of it because it's like, 
I find people are, are trauma based. Where it's like, you know, if, if you go through a certain amount of trauma, if you do, like, you know, if this situation makes you feel this way, then it's like, that's kind of how you look at the entire entity, you know? So it's like, like you said, like, you know, you don't want, you know, one bad interaction with police. And I think you said it too. Um, to just kind of just make the whole department just look terrible and stuff like that. So that's why you guys like care about the complaints. But I feel like this kind of plays into like the fear side of it because I, I feel like you know how you highlighted on the news where it's so much negative stuff and that kind of feels you know that's kind of like what everybody kind of flocks toward. Where it's like you know police brutality now everybody want to kind of focus on the police and talk about police. Yeah. So I feel like in a lot of times that's kind of where like the good cops get like undercut and just get like you know bombarded with this all the bad stuff that happens. And that's so where I the kinda, backlash picks up, just like yeah. you said, you know, when, when there's a, a negative incident, no matter where it is, it doesn't have to be in Oshkosh or Wisconsin. It could be anywhere in the United States. But just, just like you said, that's when the more backlash picks up and yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're pretty, pretty spot on with that. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's where a lot of that fear comes from is that you see all that negative stuff on like the news and stuff like that. So, so if I, if I was a community member, member and I was afraid to come and tell the police about my story, I think there's a couple ways you could manage that. So we, that's a, that's the whole reason why we built that thing on our website. It's just because if, if you wanted to submit something and you're like, I don't want to go talk to these people, that's one way to do it. I would say give us as much information as you can because we can only follow up with so much, right? If it's vague, we don't get enough information. Or here at UW Oshkosh, I mean, I've actually taken complaints from people in the Dean of Students office. Somebody will stop in the Dean of Students office and say, hey, I just didn't feel right about how the police treated this situation can you help me? And then I get a call from my friends at the Dean of Students office and they say, hey, I had a student in here. They're concerned to talk to the police. I told them they need to come and talk to you, but I also took their complaint and here's what it is. And then we still take that just the same. Like that's really important to us. Now, again, it's about figuring out what information we have so that we can actually take that complaint and figure out how to manage it the right way. Specifically, there's a question in here about bias, right? Like, can you read that one again? Uh, I can't remember exactly which... We're, we're looking at some papers, so for those of you listening, we're, we're trying to make sure we get the right question. First um, question, racial bias. So was it the uh, dirty cops, meaning any that take uh, legal loopholes, show blatant racial bias? Yeah, so that that's really important, too. So if I felt like I was police bias against me, I would want to figure out who's safe to talk to, right? Because I think there's like this natural, ooh, I don't, I don't know if I trust the police kind of conversation when it comes to managing bias, right? Like there's just this in the media it's talked about. And so I would try to figure out, especially here at UW Oshkosh, who, who do you feel safe with? Like, so Byron Adams runs the DEI area of UW Oshkosh, right? So go talk to Byron. Byron will absolutely has built such a strong relationship with us that he's not going to be afraid to come and tell us exactly what's going on so we can help navigate it. The second thing too is what if it's not UW Oshkosh Police Department? What if it's the city police department, or what if it's a different city? What if it's a city where I grew up, or what if it's a sheriff's office? Can I come and talk to one of you guys, and then you can help me? We can help you navigate what that looks like. I mean, you need to feel safe as a community member coming to talk to us because, again, the worst thing for a leader is hearing stories about situations that occur in a community that they serve but not actually knowing the details about it enough to manage the situation. So I, I love these questions. I think these are complicated, and as a community member, you should never be afraid to come and talk to the, the police officers. And I mean, the hardest part is going to understand that just like any other organization, you got levels of the organization that have accountability to how we function as a, as a, as an agency. And our motto, if you say is partnering with our community to solve problems, this is one way we do it. I mean, the, the other way too, is we, we actually, if you, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm hoping you clicked on some of the 
links to get to meet our police officers because you get to know a little bit about them, right? And then you feel more comfortable being able to talk to them and talk to them about your concerns. And honestly, almost every one of our police officers here is going to want to listen to your thoughts. Like if you didn't feel like something went well, you could even start with them. I'm not saying you have to, but they're pretty good police officers and they would probably be open to listening like, hey, that didn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> so, And as being a person who like this kind of a test for somebody who was once like afraid and uncomfortable around police, I feel like one main thing that you're kind of like hitting at is that, you know, a lot of times when people are afraid, you do have to take a step and kind of put yourself and get yourself the resources you, you need. So it's like you're not going to be unafraid. You're never going to get over your fear if you kind of sit in a bubble and don't really reach out to people. And that's one thing that I kind of felt like that got me over my fear was coming to, to work with you guys and talk with you guys because it made me realize, like, okay, the thoughts in my head may not be true. And it made us kind of be, you know, this, you know, keep me in this cage where I'm just scared of everything, you know, I'm afraid is going to happen. It's like once I come and meet you guys, it's like, okay, cool. And it kind of like, you know, it it relieves me, you know? So that's just one thing, you know, for people that are afraid of the police and, you know, are, you know, don't want to talk to the police, come talk to them. You know, you might surprise yourself, you know, and, you know, everybody's like you said, everybody's not going to agree, but it's just like, you know, the beauty of it is to be able to have a healthy conversation and meet people and just, you know, understand that person, what he is and understand that person, you know, for what they may need or what they're requesting, you know, you to do. So that's an excellent point. And I would say if you do follow Mitai's advice and you just come and talk to the police, I would say 99, probably over 99% of the time, you're going to be surprised about the contact you have, especially if you were, uh, had some fears going in or had some, uh, you know, preconceived notions going in, I'm confident that 99% of the time those are going to go away if you take the initiative to, um, to, to, to have those conversations and make those contacts. So that's an excellent point. Yeah, I definitely. Love that point. Yeah, and I just was going to say one more thing. I mean, we really try hard to be transparent here too, so we're going to do the best we can to share information with people. The other thing too is that, you know, here, I wish I had my, my code of conduct in front of me. We test a few things too. Like if something happens with a law enforcement officer, I mean, it might be their experience, right? They might have, gosh, they might be on their own as a law enforcement officer in the first year. You're still trying to figure out how to be the right cop. You know what I mean? You might make decisions, some decisions that don't sit well with people. That doesn't mean they're a bad cop. It just means they're still trying to figure out how to navigate that, right? Or it could be, you know, some police officers work 18 hours in a row sometimes, right? And they're still humans. Now you're at 17th hour and you have a contact with somebody and you know what, I want to know who hasn't been awake and working for 17 hours who doesn't have a little bit of stress or frustration on them. And I'm not trying to give excuses. I'm just saying these law enforcement professionals are humans. You know what I mean? Those are human problems. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm not saying don't bring us stuff, bring it to us. I'm just saying you also got to take a little bit of the test of the fact that these are good people who work their butts off to serve their community. And so we want to listen. And if we don't get the feedback, we can't help them understand like, hey, man, you know, like, I know you work 17 hours, but you got to be better, you know, or let us know so we can help figure out how to get you out of here a little yeah. sooner. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah. or don't drink so many energy drinks, <laughs> whatever, whatever that is. I, so yeah, great, great questions. Great discussion. Thanks Amitai for sharing. And, um, actually I was just thinking about a new energy drink I saw at the corner convenience stores, like ghost. Have you had one of those? A ghost? No, I've seen them though. Yeah. It's some it's another one called Celsius or something like that. Celsius? I don't know. There's I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that one. I try to stay away from those just because yeah. I Red Bull and Monster was enough. Not I don't sure think what my cardiac health would be if, <laughs> I, if I drank one of those. <laughs> I was just I, I was just thinking as I'm talking about cops drinking energy drinks. Man, there's so many of those things out there. But yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was great. Great subset of questions. And and for those listening, we still have more, but um, you know, if you got questions, I mean, please, by all means, these are great. We, we love to talk about these things. This is another great way to build relationships with our community. 
Yeah. Uh, so another good question comes from Camden, Camden C. What are things that UWOPD do that most people would not expect from a university police department? You got any thoughts about this one? You know, actually, I did because I think you answered a few of them in the in the last subset of questions. Um, and I'll talk more about what UWOPD does that people wouldn't expect from just a police department in general. And I think the difference with us, and you heard Chief Tarman say it before, if somebody has an issue and they take it to almost any other department on this campus, they're not going to say that person that they speak to isn't going to say, well, go talk to the police department about that. They're going to say, let me take you to the police department and let's get this solved. And I think that talks or speaks a lot to uh, the relationships we have with uh, with the departments on campus. The, you know, we, we meet with folks. We, we uh, try to try to let them understand or help them understand that we're here to help. Um, so people may not always come to the place that's going to get them the help immediately. But if they go anywhere, somebody there is going to have a connection with somebody at the police department. And, uh, you know, we're the... Um, other people will claim they are, but we're the only 24-7 um, department on campus. So uh, there are a lot of times when uh, people will call for things that are 100% not uh, law enforcement related, but we help them the best we can anyway because that we're here. And it's not uh, the nature of our department for our officers to say, that's not a police problem, you know, go figure something else out. We do the best we can. So our officers talk about helping unplug toilets or helping move equipment or, you know, hey, it just happened the other day. Hey, I stopped and talked to the band that was playing at Reeve and I helped them load their gear back into their van. So things like that is what makes us, I think, a little bit different than other police departments that people have experience with is I, I feel like, you know, to to a person on our department, our concentration is, you know, just just being people, having those contacts with with others, having contacts with our community members, doing the things that, that uh, community members wouldn't expect that a police department would do. Yeah, I agree. I think there's so many things that we do. I mean, you know, there's a reason why I've been here for 15 years at UW Oshkosh. I mean, there's so many more opportunities to connect on a relational level to solve problems. I mean, we are able to connect folks to different resources in our community because of the fact that they're a student here. Uh, I think not, not to the fault of other agencies, but some agencies are really driven by calls for service, right? So if your agency is driven by a call for service, then you inevitably have less time to do what we call real police work, which is everything that happens in between a call for service. It's looking at your data. It's figuring out where you go, hang out for different situations, right? If we're, if we're having bike thefts ha happen in a different area of campus, then we're going to do more to figure out how do we find those bikes or how do we identify the weaknesses of where, where they're getting stolen from. Or if we're dealing with auto theft situations, you know, can we go figure out how to get some vehicle lock kits and get those out into the community or there's just so many things that I think we do here. I mean, you know, I've heard from students who come down here. We're in the basement of Radford, right? And people are like, oh my God, what is this place down here in the basement? Seems weird. Seems <laughs> creepy. Seems weird. Is this like a legit thing? Are you are you legit down here? And then, you know, like even Amitai, and I don't, I don't know if you ever said those things, but there's been other students who say similar things and they're like, you know, I get down here and I didn't realize that you guys work your butts off. Like there's a lot of stuff going on all the time. And I'm impressed with the use of data, the way that you communicate with community members, the way you're engaged in different things, the way that you're connected to committees and coalitions. And I mean, we just do so much more than I think people really understand that we do. The other baseline answer to that question too is, I'm just curious, Lieutenant Weitz, did you go to Recruit Academy? 
I did. You did. You went to a recruit academy. A long okay. time ago, yes. Long time ago. So you actually had to do the same thing like any other law enforcement person did in Wisconsin. Just like everybody else. <laughs> so did I. Uh, you know, and, and then we chose to come and work here. Like this is a, a really great law enforcement agency where I personally think there, there's two reasons why I love working here. There's probably more than two, but there's two really important ones. So first one is is that I already kind of said it. When you come here, you have access to resources that I can connect you to. And I and I know those people who run those areas by first name, like Leah at the Counseling Center, Angie up at the Health Center, Buzz Bars and Jasmine at the Dean of Students. You know, like, I mean, Lori, Lori in the Res Life office, like all of those folks are people that I work with regularly. And if there's an issue, I just call Lori or I call Jasmine and I say, hey, there's an issue. Can we talk about this? Um, and, and those are really important to me. The second thing is just that students come in here from all over the place. I mean, locally, uh, kind of semi-locally, across the country, across the world. And we here have an opportunity to shape the way that they feel about law enforcement. We can interact with them. We can show them what true community policing looks like, which I actually call relational policing. And then uh, they can leave here thinking, wow, that was a great interaction. And they may actually give a different police officer in the future a different response to how they have to have contact with them. Or they may actually want to become a police officer or they may reach out to a police officer in their community and say, hey, thanks for serving or thanks for doing what you do. Because to be honest with you, we probably hear, I mean, I know I said the opposite of this, but we hear more negative than we do positive sometimes. And, and I'm not even saying like complaints about law enforcement. I'm saying Lieutenant White's had a contact with somebody a year ago, created a really strong impact with that person and never heard the end of it. You know what I mean? Like that person shifted something because of the contact and we didn't hear about it. And then we move on and do the next thing, but we don't get that loop closed where we're like, oh, we've made an impact there, which drives everyone forward. So I don't know. You, you've also come in here. I mean, Ty. Yeah, obviously, I can't really attest, you know, of being an employee of the you know, PD, but I definitely feel like you, like you guys are all hitting on it. It's just the relationships. I feel like that's one thing that, you know, I feel like this police department does like uniquely the best because it's like even when you go on campus, it kind of just feels like you guys are a part of the campus and not so much like security of the campus. Like you guys come around, you just like, you guys are just like everybody else, you know, you have conversations, you know, you, it's like everybody are, is kind of relaxed when you guys come around, you know? So it's like, I find that's definitely something where it's like, you don't get that from everybody because like we talked about before, a lot of people are scared of the police. So like, you know, you guys create those relationships, you know, throughout the whole campus, like you just named all those people and you have like a personal relationship with each one of those. I find that's what makes it, that's what makes you guys stand out. And that's what, that's why it's like, that's something you guys do that other people don't do because it's like you just don't see that type of cohesiveness on a campus. Even even not even the campus, because even the community, you know, like I find the community is driven around like UWO. So it's like, you know, it's like you, you guys' impact really like it branches out. You know, kind of a funny story too. Like, you know, I was even telling my friend and stuff like that, you know, I do podcasts with you guys. And like he said, he's like, You're doing the podcast with the police. I'm like, Yeah, like, you know, like what's wrong with that? But like it's like it's like this is this that's just not something you hear a lot. You know, so it's like I'll be telling him, like, yeah, like we like we're cool. Like I created a relationship with these people. Like this, this is not just a police officer. This is someone I I know. So I thought you know that relationship aspect is definitely something that's unique to you guys' um department. And actually, like it makes you guys like the best. Honestly, so I mean, there's a lot of times and a handful of people in this department that if uh, you see us out and about, you're not going to have a choice but to have a conversation with us because we're going to stop you and talk yeah. to you about, right, yeah. about something. It could <laughs> yeah, be, something, yeah. you know, the color of the shirt you're wearing or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank topic. But, um, you know, and, and especially when there are a lot of people around, expect to be stopped by us and just have some sort of conversation yeah. that has really nothing to do with anything other than after that, it uh, puts in people's heads that, 
you know, whenever the police talk to me before, it's because they're asking me if I'm doing something wrong or they want to kind of jack me up for something. And these guys just wanted to talk about the yellow shirt yeah. with the blue stripes on it that I was yeah. wearing. And uh, so yeah. we, we do a lot of that. I mean, there's in the past, um, you know, we'll go to Blackhawk and, and uh, sit at somebody's table. Basically, hey, you're kind of being invaded by the police here. So we're going to talk oh, to you lunch for a while. Yeah. 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 Aren't you guys involved in like the, um, what is it um, that happens every semester? The, um, like the, night breakfast or something like that oh yeah, yeah. i say yeah you guys work with that too i think that's uh, like the first time i really seen you guys on campus was like during that so yeah yeah so uh, you're not I'm, gonna have a choice but to talk to us most yeah. of the time you're not you won't have a choice even even if and and i'll tell you and, and chief Darman tells the stories all the time even if it is at night and you think we're coming to talk to you about something wrong you're gonna have a conversation mm-hmm. with us just so you know that we're there yeah it's a great way to kind of let you know we're out there but more than that it actually lets people know who want to victimize our students that we're out there too, and they get to see that we're out there. So there's always a couple layers to what we're doing, but it, it really, Amitai's right, it's built in the foundation of relationships. And so this has been a great conversation. Uh, I think, you know, as we think about these questions, I, I don't, I think it's, they were phenomenal. They really started a good discussion for us. And I hope, you know, as a community, you kind of understand who we are a little bit better because yeah. of this. So I, I think there's one more topic on here that we want to talk about too. So Yeah, one more, and I was kind of happy to see this one when it came through. Sarah C. would like to know more about internship opportunities that are available through the UWOPD. Look at that. Yeah, and I so a couple things about this. I'm sorry, Sarah, but I'm going to shift this to internships and student jobs because there's a ton of opportunity. And Amitai, I'm just curious, like, how did you find out about an internship here? I found out about this internship from my um, my advisor, Christopher Rose. He's a professor on campus. And, um, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I need something. I don't know where I want to go. So it's like, you know, I just need an internship. And he definitely pointed this one out. I think this was like his first option, of, you know, to do an internship. So he got me on board. And, like, you know, I feel like it just kind of just like, it was more so God. It just kind of just put me this right on path you know it was can't really explain how I got here but I got here you know but I feel like you know what I took it for my internship it was man it was a life-changing experience that's why I feel like it was so godly like it was just so meant to be because it's like the person I became and like the stuff I was able to experience and see and learn it was just like this is stuff I just really needed like it felt natural that's know? awesome yeah. you know and I'm and he's he probably doesn't know this or he's being humble about this but you know I'm <laughs> I mean, the, the crime analyst, so Amita was a crime analyst here at the PD, and we have a few different internships, but I'll, I'll never forget, there was a semester where we were, were given one crime analyst, and this was maybe three or four years ago, and I emailed Chris Rose, I'm like, Chris, I need another crime analyst here, I need at least two this semester, and he's like, no, no. you can't have a second <laughs> one, and I'm like, what? He's like, I just didn't have any students who would be able to do it, and that's a testament to Amitai. Like you're, you, you have to do really well in your stats class to be even considered for this type of an internship. So congratulations on that. And, and honestly to the criminal justice department, this has really grown how we manage information here. And so data is important to us. This allows us to connect with students at a different level. It gives them a huge purpose to give us data that we can use that's tangible to help us solve problems. That's just one. The other program that we've really partnered with is uh, the Human Services Leadership Organization or the Human Services Leadership Degree here on campus. And shout out to them because that's actually, uh, I have a bachelor's degree in Human Services Leadership. And uh, they've given us interns who really have expanded some of the projects that we have. Right now we have a project support specialist and she's helped us with a ton of things. So, you know, it's just about asking, like, could I do an internship at the police department? And the one I'd love to fill someday is a marketing intern. Like, I would love to have a social media marketing person who comes in here and helps us. I mean, they would certainly help us with this podcast, which is a way to reach our community. 
in our annual report, the way that we, I mean, we just do so much with marketing, social hiring media, the way we get hiring. And, and, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. Lieutenant Weitz, do you want to talk about one that's coming up next semester? The new internship? Yeah, so uh, uh, I was thinking first, um, if, if anybody listening has an interest in being an intern with uh, UW Oshkosh Police Department, and I mean, I'll, I'll ask Ty, but I don't know if he'll tell me the truth or not. I'd like to know if the first thought through his head was going to be, what in the world am I going to do there? <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do that's going to... My job, yeah, my job was crime analysis. I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm about to do, but I'm ready for it. I'm about to just go in, you know, if there's no expectations, but... I thought that was a beautiful thing. It's like, you know, you had an expectation of what I, you know, was coming in to do, and I ended up doing, like, so many things. I, like, and that was yeah. going to be my point, is there isn't a whole lot of sitting around. If you're going to internship, get an internship at our department, you're going to work. Yeah. Right? So if you want to get a lot of experiences, you want to do a lot of different things, you want to meet a lot of uh, uh, cool people, make a lot of connections, um, you know, we can do that for you here. Uh, the thing we have coming up in the uh, pretty near future is a uh, kind of a collaboration or additional collaboration with the uh, Criminal Justice Department where we're going to be able to offer um, a paid internship wouldn't be the right word, but if you want to get hired as a CSO and you are a uh, criminal justice major, um, you can get uh, internship hours for the time that you work as a community service officer. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. It gets us some employees. It offers an opportunity for um, criminal justice students on campus to intern on campus um, because instead of you know, the typical two, maybe three interns at a time that we have, we can take six or seven or eight or nine interns at a time. Um, 20. (laughs) There's 20 available. We'll take them. Uh, But it's going to be unique because, um, You'll 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 be able to get paid because we pay our community service officers. We're uh, I think still one of the highest paid um, student employment uh, aid, uh, departments on campus. So you'll get paid as work for working as a CSO, but all of the hours you work will also go towards uh, credits for your uh, your degree as well. So um, I mean I, I think that's pretty cool because. Um, uh, the, the number of things that Amita, Amita got to do when he was an intern here, you're going to be able to do just as many, but with a little bit more variety as a community service officer. So, you know, our community service officers work the um, check-in stations at uh, residence halls. We staff um, athletic events, move in, move out, commencement, um, by gosh fest coming up in a couple of weeks. Our CSOs work at that. If they uh, choose to accept some uh, promotional opportunities, they'll then work as uh, foot patrol officers uh, parking enforcement, a lot more responsibilities that'll get them headed in the right direction if they aspire to a career in uh, in law enforcement or almost any career in criminal justice. So think about that. That is coming up. Um, ask your criminal justice advisors about the opportunity to do that starting in the fall of 2023 semester. We'd really love to have, Chief Tarman said, 20, uh, 20 CSO interns. So so that's a kind of an exciting opportunity for us. It's the first time in the fall semester we're going to give that a try. And we get some, uh, some high hopes that that's going to be a successful um, kind of connection, further connection with our criminal justice department. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, to add on to that too, I mean, if you didn't hear an internship that was like, oh, I don't know if I do that. Well, reach out anyways. I mean, email UWO police at uwosh.edu or Lieutenant Whites or myself. And one of us will connect with you and talk to you about it. We like bringing people in here, giving them learning opportunities, and it really helps us as an organization grow forward. And and I, I love creating relationships that I know are going to last for quite a while, and so I'm excited to see where Amitai goes. The other piece, too, is that we do hire, we have uh, student dispatchers who work here, so those folks fill in around our full-time dispatchers. They get paid $15 an hour, so if you're interested in dispatching, we hire them in. We kind of teach them 60 or 80 hours about how to dispatch, and then they're on their own, and that's a great 
really great resume builder. It's a great way to network in. It's a great way to make a difference. And, and that functions 24-7, so there's a lot of opportunity for hours. And then if you just don't want an internship but you want to be a CSO, we're looking for CSOs. I mean, we could use quite a few CSOs. Those positions right now are starting at $14 an hour. And if you work and then go into that promotional opportunity, there's a couple raises that you can get up to $15 an hour and ultimately get some leadership stuff on your resume too. So it's a great opportunity. It's a really good opportunity to get experience. I was actually just talking to a chief recently who has hired numerous uh, CSOs from our program. And he's like, you know, those students who work at your program actually come in with about a hundred hours of training that they wouldn't need on a field training program. Like they're just starting a level ahead of other candidates because of the experience that they get here. So if you haven't thought about it or you have thought about it, just reach out because we could use you and it's a really good resume builder. So yeah, just a reminder that you don't have to be a criminal justice student to be a CSO at our department. Um, the, the benefits that uh, you receive by doing that job are going to help you in pretty much any career that, um, that you're interested in pursuing once you get done. So any job you're going to take where you have to talk to people, um, you have to have maybe do some problem solving, maybe uh, help some people that are in different emotional states or, or anything like that. You're going to learn those things being a community service officer here. So not just restricted to uh, criminal justice students, open to all majors. Uh, any questions? Yeah, if you want to know more about it before you decide to take the plunge, um, get a hold of us and we'll answer any questions that you have. Yeah, and shout out to the current, you know, uh, CSO officers and um, student employees because it's like, you know, from a student perspective, you know, I know a couple of them, but just, you know, interacting with a couple of CSO officers, you know, they're great. Like, you know, they do their job good, you know. It definitely, like, makes it better when not only the police do good, but then the employees of the police, you know, like the yeah. students, they do their job good, too. So Yeah, thanks for that. Good to hear, yeah. man. The, the other thing, too, is just uh, if you, you ever see that cool van driving around with the bubble on, it's like they're delivering pizzas, but they're actually delivering people. Oh, yeah. So we will hire just UWO Go drivers, too. So if you're like, man, I could drive that van. We pay 13 bucks an hour just to drive that van around and... I mean, even if you could just pick up one or two shifts here and there, what a great opportunity to kind of, especially if you're a, an extrovert, right? Like you can get some folks in your van. Yeah, uh, I, I just, yeah, it's a great, it's a great <laughs> opportunity to, to chat with some folks and uh, and again to just to make a difference, but also be a part of our team. And that van really does some proactive police work for us too because they're visible. Uh, they see things, they report things, like they connect information, they build relationships for us. And to be honest, it's another example of how we take students out of a vulnerable situation, put them in a van and get them back to their house so that they don't have to worry about being victimized. So yeah. a lot of our programs really shape around how we can proactively keep our students safe here on campus. So this was a great discussion. Yeah, absolutely. There are more questions on this magical sheet, but we're save those for another episode, right? So... This was great. Thank you so much. Are there any final parting words that anyone has? Everybody's shaking their head. Go, go Titans. Go, go Titans. Titans. Go Titans. Yeah. I got to sit that for what, 19 more days? Something yeah. Like that. yeah. I'm going to be alumni soon. So. Congratulations again. And, and, and again, I just want to say thanks to Mitai for, you know, even I texted him like an hour ago and said, hey, dude, do you want to come do this episode? And he dropped everything and came in to do this. So Excellent. Uh, this is a lasting impact that he'll have even just at UW Oshkosh. So. Thank you and congratulations thank you. and thanks for your service to the community. So thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks Lieutenant Weitz for joining us and uh, for all of those of you listening, we'll see you on the next episode.